So, in all, there are 43 confirmands in this year's class, and we gave them the, the option of which service to attend. We're very glad that we have so many here at 945. Uh, we're going to read from the 10th uh, chapter of John's Gospel today, verses 1 through 10 is the entire reading. I'm going to read the first six verses now, and we'll come back to the rest later. So listen, friends, for the Word of God as it is proclaimed by God's servant, the evangelist John. This is Jesus speaking. Very truly, I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs in by another way, is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger, but they will run from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. God. So Confirmation Sunday is always one of my very favorite Sundays of the year. It's one of those important um, milestone moments in the life of the church, and and not just for the families of the young people who are being confirmed, uh, but for the entire congregation that they call home. And so I'm in kind of a a circle of life mood this morning, uh, reflecting on what it means for a church to raise up their kids, what it means to teach our children the Christian faith, to equip them and hopefully and more importantly to uh, inspire them to make a faith decision for themselves. And because uh, my youngest son, Sam, is part of this year's confirmation class, he's being confirmed at 11, I've also been thinking about how uh, central a role the church has played in the life of of my two boys. Uh, We moved to Henrietta, Texas just a few weeks before Sam was born. Henrietta, if you don't know, is 22 miles this side of Wichita Falls. It's a a rural setting. That was my first senior pastor appointment. Uh, We loved serving First United Methodist Church of Henrietta. And Sam, for scheduling reasons, uh, was just over a year old at his baptism. Uh, Now, as you might imagine, um, my two boys have always felt very comfortable (laughs) in the church. And that's That's important to me, uh, both as a pastor and as a father. But on the day of his little brother's baptism, our oldest son, Max, was a little too comfortable. Uh, I have his permission to tell this story the way it goes in our house. I pay for permission for the rights to these stories, so (laughs) Max is on board. All right, so as the four of us gathered around the baptismal font, uh, Max was kind of distracting from the business at hand. I don't know if you can see him. He's in the bottom left there. (laughs) That's the baptismal font that he's playing in. Um, And what you cannot see in this photo is that right before this photo, he pretended to drink the baptismal water as I poured it in to the font. His mother was mortified. And so uh, at one point, I I leaned down and I said something to him. And after the service, a a church member came up to Whitney and said, you know, that was such a sweet moment when, when Chris, you know, whispered to big brother, even though his little brother was the star of the show, and Whitney laughed. She's like, oh, huh, yeah, he said, you are in such big trouble when we get home. <laughs> now, just full disclosure, in our house, 
being in such big trouble means a little bit of a talking to, but you get the point. You gotta teach kids how to act in church, right? But on the subject of, of kids sometimes becoming restless in church, Whitney has a wonderful phrase uh, that perfectly captures how she and I both feel about it. She says, well, you know, I'd rather have them running around in church than running away from church, <laughs> right? And philosophically and theologically, I entirely agree because as a family of faith, we have been entrusted by God with the sacred responsibility of teaching our kids uh, to love Jesus and to love his church. And so what God expects us to model is grace and to embody hospitality and a generosity of spirit because we want our kids to love being part of the church, to love coming to this place, and I'm so grateful that uh, that's the experience my own two boys have had in the church. Because it is a, it's a blessing to be raised in a place like this. It's a blessing that I wish every child could have. Uh, it's one that I believe every child should have. As we celebrate confirmation, as I said, 43 of our kids have arrived at a crossroads in their lives, they've arrived at this point where they are invited uh, to choose faith for themselves. To this point, parents have been bringing them to church, just expecting them to be in Sunday school. And now, now they're making a decision. And in our United Methodist tradition, uh, we typically baptize infants, and for us, um, baptiz- baptism is a sacrament in which three very important things are happening. You may know this, but it's a good refresher on a day like today. The first thing, theologically speaking, is that we are um, acknowledging that God's grace is already working in the lives of our children from the very, very beginning before they know anything about Jesus, before they've made any kind of faith decision for themselves. God is with them, inviting them into a relationship with uh, absolutely unconditional love. Second thing going on in baptism is that parents uh, pledge to raise their children in the church to help them understand God's work in the world and their role in that work, uh, to teach them what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And then the third thing, which is where all of us come in, uh, is that the congregation makes a commitment to help raise children in the faith. That's not just the parents' job, grandparents' job, great-grandparents' job, that's the job of all of us, and we do that by providing excellent children's and youth ministries. We do that by recruiting dedicated volunteers for our many programs. We do that by welcoming children in worship, even when they're squirmy, even when they're still learning how to be in worship. And we do that by providing opportunities for children and youth to sing and serve and lead in worship. And all of this persistent, consistent, faithful effort over many, many years is intended to help get them to the moment that we're celebrating today. This moment when they decide for themselves that they too want to be disciples of the one that we call our Lord and Savior. And we do all of this as a community of faith, um, as a family of believers. There's a reason that we use that term, the family of God, which makes confirmation truly a congregational celebration. So our reading for today is uh, perhaps a little less well-known than some other parts of John's gospel. If you've read the gospel of John before, you 
you probably know that in, uh, in his gospel, Jesus uses a series of I am statements throughout. Uh, they define who he is for the world, who he is for each of us as his followers. And, and many of these I am statements are quite famous. You could probably quote some of them. He says, uh, I am the light of the world. And he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And he says, I am the resurrection and the life. And he says, I am the good shepherd. But in our reading for today, he offers us a metaphor um, that is not quite as well known, but it's particularly relevant for our young people as they make their faith decision this morning. So let's finish the reading, verses seven to 10. So again, Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture The thief comes in to steal and kill and destroy. I, on the other hand, came that they may have life and have it abundantly. (laughs) That's what we want for our kids, right? That's what we want for ourselves. Life and life abundant. As we celebrate a new confirmation class, we can can celebrate that uh, we have done our jobs well to this point. We've modeled for them that grace and welcome and hospitality of God. We've, we've taught them well in Sunday school and vacation Bible school. We've been excited to see them in worship and, and when they sing and serve and lead. So we've lived up to our commitment to help raise them in the faith, to, to give them the confidence that they need to make a faith decision for themselves. And now they'll spend several more years in our youth ministry and they'll go to youth Sunday school and they'll go to Sunday night youth and they'll go uh, on youth choir stuff, the tour and singing and worship. They'll go on retreats, they'll go on mission trips that we help send them on. And we'll, you know, we'll walk beside them through this next phase of their journeys just as we have to this point. But today, having made this decision for themselves, as soon as we're done confirming them, they are going to become officially members of Christ United Methodist Church. And our scripture for today challenges all of us with an important question. The question for our our confirmands from this scripture is the same as the question for all of us as members of the body of Christ together. I am the gate, Jesus tells us, offering abundant life to those who follow me. That's an important message for the young people who are being confirmed this year. In fact, I, I think it's actually the most important message for the young people being confirmed this year. And on Confirmation Sunday, it's a reminder of the most important message that Jesus has for us all. Jesus calls us by name and offers us abundant life. For every one of us, no matter where we are on our journey of faith, whether we're uh, just getting started or um, we're well on our way or uh, maybe we've walked with Christ longer than we can remember, it doesn't matter where we are in our journey of faith, the question for every one of us each and every day of our lives is whether or not we will say yes to his offer. Do we choose Christ today? That's the question. Because the truth is, as Jesus himself warns us, there are uh, lots of other voices calling us. 
Now in his words, these are the voices of bandits and thieves whose interest is decidedly not in the care of our souls. Those those other voices uh, do not in fact offer us abundant life. What Jesus refers to as the voices of strangers call to us all the time. And they, they call to us to distract us and they call to us to entice us to other priorities and they call to us to offer themselves as what we know to be an ultimately unsatisfying alternative to the life of discipleship. Following Jesus is about living a life of compassion and love and grace and generosity and sometimes that is so countercultural. <laughs> Following Jesus is about having a church home where we're challenged and we're nurtured, where we continue to grow in our faith, where we worship God together every Sunday and serve the world together as best we can. Following Jesus is about remembering the commitments we made when we chose Christ the first time and then doing our best each day to honor those commitments. Jesus says, I am the gate. Today, our confirmands, whom we have all helped raise in the faith, walk through that gate. Today, they choose to confess Jesus Christ as their savior, to put their whole trust in his grace, and to promise to serve him as their Lord. And I will, I will always believe that choice to be the most important decision they'll ever make. <laughs> because it, ideally, will shape the way they'll live from this moment on, whatever they end up doing professionally with their lives. I believe this in my own faith journey. I believe this as the father of a young person who's being confirmed today. I believe this as a pastor serving a congregation that I love in a community that I love today. Our confirmands make the most important decision of their lives. And today, as we bear witness to their journey, we have the chance to reaffirm the most important decision that any of us has ever made. If you're on Facebook, you've seen the pictures, I'm sure, the past couple of weeks. 40 of us were on a pilgrimage following the missionary journey of the Apostle Paul. Uh, we, We reaffirmed our baptisms at the spot where Paul baptized Lydia in Philippi. We celebrated Holy Communion in the ruins of the city of Corinth, a community to whom Paul wrote two of our New Testament letters. We walked in the footsteps of Paul in the ruins of Ephesus in modern day Turkey, where he preached the gospel to people just learning about the love and grace of God. On holy and ancient ground, we sang hymns and we read scripture and we reflected on our theme for the week, what it means in the words of Paul to live our lives in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. And on the last day, standing where Paul preached to the Athenians at the Areopagus in Athens, we reminded ourselves of that great truth that Paul wrote to the Galatians, it is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. And I think there's this beautiful symmetry in uh, returning from a pilgrimage with a group of, of 40 disciples who have been walking the Christian journey for many years And then a few days later, honoring the official beginning of a lifelong pilgrimage of 43 of our own young people who today walk through the gate of the abundant life that Christ offers.
So as we celebrate our confirmation class today, may we renew our own commitments to choose Christ as our Savior, to put our whole trust in his grace and promise to serve him as our Lord. And may we give thanks to God for the gift of the beautiful life that we've been offered in Christ. Amen.